Hey, welcome back to the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO. And I'm your host, Doug Lear. The last shot, the last shot for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Uh, we still have a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. We're going to get you a podcast extra with Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors, uh, and you can listen to them. You listen to Bruin Agri Gone Outdoors on Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. We know not everybody can listen to them on Saturday mornings. We know not everybody can listen to a podcast. So we break out a podcast extra for you each and every weekend. Before we do that, let's get you a Central Dakota Outdoors report with Pat Stockdale. You read her work in Dakota Country Magazine. She is an award-winning outdoors communicator, and she connects with uh, the people and the places, the bait shops, the gas stations, the motels, the resorts, the guides, to give us a better idea of where people are going, what they're doing, what they're finding outdoors. Well, Pat, what's cooking outdoors this week? Thanks, Doug. As we check elsewhere around North Dakota, Devil's Lake remains fair for walleye with some nice-sized fish showing up. Try slip bobbers in shallow, warm water. Look for improving success on Maine Devil's Lake as its water temperatures warm. Meanwhile, the northern feeder lakes continue producing some walleye as well. Lake Ashtabula is still offering up a nice mix of perch and walleye, even though its water temperatures are still a little on the cool side. Try leeches or night crawlers. Farther west, Garrison Dam releases remain below its normal summer levels, so the Missouri River and Upper Lake Oahe are also lower than usual. Be sure to check ramp accessibility before heading out, especially for Oahe and the river below Bismarck Mandan. The tail race is starting to see more activity and is producing numbers of small walleye using jigs and minnows. Try the blowout channel below the spillway or the stumps, as well as the spillway area itself from shore. Better success is casting from shore or boats at night for the larger walleye. And look for some catfish success in the tail race, including from the wing walls. Try the east end of Lake Sakakawea for salmon. It's something different. And hey, on uh, this Father's Day weekend, I, I, I really want to stop for a moment and wish my dad, Larry Lear of Valley City, via Napoleon, via Wapiton, via Williston, via Steele, via Lemoore, and back to Lake Lemoore, probably at Lake Lemoore right now, and wish him a very happy Father's Day. And I think I can speak for a lot of other people that, that love the outdoors, and probably me more specifically, is that without the introduction to the outdoors, hunting, fishing, trapping, conservation, uh, planting trees, and, and everything that goes in between there, um, I would not be in the position that I am today. And I'm, I'm thankful for my job and thankful for a dad that made it a point as a kid uh, he didn't leave me at home, at least not that I remember. Maybe there's times that, that I'm, I'm sure there was. There's times he went elk hunting in, in Wyoming, but um, 99 out of 100 times he would take me with. Even though it was before I would be able to, to hunt, I'd carry a BB gun along or a toy gun or something like that, but I would go along hunting. Before I had a deer license, I'd go along. So I, I, I want to encourage the other dads out there, get your kids outdoors. It doesn't have to be hunting and fishing and consumptive and trapping. Get them out for a walk. Take them out to a park, get them out there, whether it's watchable wildlife and, and birding. Uh, just enjoy, enjoy the great outdoors. You'll never, ever regret uh, spending time outdoors. So happy Father's Day to my dad, and thanks so very much, Dad. Appreciate that report. That is Pat Stockdale, and she is an award-winning outdoors communicator. Again, read her work in Dakota Country Magazine and various other publications across the Midwest. Right now, it's time to get you that podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. You hear Brewer and Agri gone outdoors at 11 o'clock on Saturday morning. 
Not everybody can listen then, and not everybody can check out their podcast. So here is a podcast extra from Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. And who better to talk muskies than uh, our good friend, Brett Waldera, president of FM Muskies, Inc. Brett, welcome to Gone Outdoors. Hey, thank you guys for uh, having me. You know, I always uh, enjoy uh, the invitation and talking uh, muskies. Yeah, it's always fun. It's always t- fun talking fishing and muskies. Um, there is nobody that I know that has more knowledge and experience of chasing those great big toothy critters. Uh, talk just a little bit, Brett, to our listeners about why the muskie opener is now. Why is it the first weekend in June, essentially three weeks after the, the rest of the Minnesota fishing opener began? Sure. Well, muskies are one of the last fish species to spawn. Uh, They typically spawn around that 54, 55 degree range. So, you know, they're, they're just wrapping up. I mean, we've had a late ice out in a, in a, in a cool spring. And so everything's kind of pushed back. Um, You know, I was bass fishing just last weekend up shallow on a lake that had muskies and I did see three muskies while bass fishing swimming and they were you know beat up where they they kind of bite and nip each other during the spawning process so they get scarred up and they were pretty scarred up so i'm thinking you know with this opener they they're just getting done spawning so it is uh, essentially a it's a conservation mechanism right uh, we give them that chance to spawn and do their thing and not be harassed not be chased by anglers and and then once they they get done uh, on an average i i assume they're done about this time of the year and and uh, then let the season begin, right? Correct. Just like every other species, you know, they try and protect them, like you said, during during that spawning process, so they're not harassed. So that's kind of why they have those stages with the walleye northern opener, then the bass, and then finally the muskies. So. Hey, Brad, I got a question. You know, over the last 10, 15 years, we've heard a lot about muskie stocking in lakes, you know, and some, some pullback from that a little bit, which I think it's kind of back back on track again now so we most people hear about walleyes and walleye spawning habitat some lakes are just purely purely dnr focused where the dnr is really the only ones that put walleyes in a lake because there's no natural spawning but we don't know much about musky spawning do they need a certain type of a lake bottom to, to spawn to be successful is it relatively common for there to be natural reproduction in musky lakes um it you know it does happen it's more uncommon i mean the the mississippi chain lakes uh you know leech lake and and uh you know the the little boy chain and all them those are a natural lake in fact that's kind of the backbone of the whole stocking program uh, in the state of Minnesota, you know, they have a lot of this carrow weed, which, which grows to, you know, I don't know how deep it grows out. I, I think it grows pretty deep actually, but typically the muskies, uh, you know, don't create like a bed. They just swim and drop their eggs, uh, over this carrow weed and they kind of need that, that carrow weed. It, uh, the eggs are sticky and they cling to that and it keeps them up out of the silt and whatnot. So lakes that have carrow weed typically will get natural reproduction, uh, but like our area lakes like Detroit uh, and Pelican, uh, you know, Sally, which is kind of a, a swim, I, we classify that as a swim down lake. Um, they typically, what we've seen, don't really have good natural reproduction. It's, it's based on Minnesota stocking those fish and creating the resource through stocking. 
How is the status of the stocking program with the Minnesota DNR? Are they actively stocking in, in quite a few of these lakes that our listeners fish? Um, they are. I mean, so, you know, there's, there's been a little bit of, uh, what do I, how do I want to say this? A little, a little, you know, politicalization of, of, you know, musky stocking. I mean, so they were supposed to rewrite a 2020 musky stocking program and that's been kind of put on the back burner. I mean, we had a lot of things going on. I mean, COVID and, and like I said, there was a little bit of anti musky sentiment in Otter Tail that re- reared up here uh, just by people not being very well educated uh, about this fish species. So, you know, all of that kind of happened. So things have kind of been put on the back burner a little bit in regards to musky stocking, but it does look like, uh, you know, things are going to move forward. They are going to look at the new long range program and everything. Um, they realize this, this sport, the sport of musky fishing is growing um as as they've grown opportunities you know 20 well 30 years ago you know we didn't have a lot of the the musky fishing opportunities that we have now today uh it was a lot harder to enjoy the sport you had to drive you know an hour hour and a half two hours uh to go musky fishing where now you know from fargo moorhead you can have your boat in the water within an hour and and be on a very very good musky lake Hey, Brett, correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems like musky fishing, uh, most musky anglers really tend to hit it harder, um, maybe become more active later in the season than they do early on in the season. And I might be wrong. Um, You can correct me if I'm wrong on that. And if that is true, is that because walleyes and crappies and all that are so active right now? You know, musky guys like to eat fish, too, and generally that's not a muskie it's other fish so a lot of muskie anglers chase after other fish but is that the case that a lot of muskie anglers really don't start targeting on them more until later in the season that's that's a true statement scott you know it, it has to go uh, there's a couple different reasons i mean one is yes in the in the spring you know they're last to spawn so it is typically harder when the season opens up for that you know first month anyway just like any other species you know they're just recuperating you know the females go out and do their thing and kind of recuperate from the spawn uh the other part of it is you know musky fishing musky anglers are are, you know trophy hunters and in the fall is when these fish kind of bulk up uh because they don't feed a lot during the winter months you know the frozen water period so they kind of really bulk up and they start actually producing some egg mass late in the fall so it's kind of your best chance to catch a a really big fat muskie or a potential, you know, state record type uh, fish in the fall. So I think that's another reason why a lot of the anglers, um, you know, fish them more in the in the in the cold water period in the fall than than in the spring. Well, Brent, let's talk a little more about targeting muskies and specifically now during this early season. Uh, we got just a minute and a half, two minutes left of this segment. What should our anger listeners be focused on if they are uh, wanting to go out and target muskies here uh, beginning of the season yep it's going to be a a late uh, you know season so i would focus on shallow flats you know water that warms up fast Uh, most boats have a temperature gauge or your graph does and and really pay attention to that a few degrees in difference um, from one side of the lake or one bay or something can can make a big difference in in, in fish activity. Uh, the other thing, there's going to be a real lack of weed growth, uh, with the late spring. And, you know, usually I'd be telling people find the, you know, the first weed growth, the earliest weed growth and fish those areas. But I, I think it, that's going to be a little tough even to find. So I would try and find bait fish. Um, you know, everything is food chain connected. 
And if you can, and, and, and also water temperature connected, if you can find, you know, uh, bait fish, I mean, perch, sunnies, crappies, uh, up shallow or whatnot, they're usually going to be in the warmer water as well. The muskies shouldn't be too far behind. So with the lack of weed growth, I would really watch your electronics, make sure that, uh, use your polarized glasses to watch for fish and, and look for other fish species and muskies should be utilizing uh, those same areas. So now if folks want to get more involved or find more out about FM Muskies Inc., where can they go do that, Brett? Yeah, absolutely. The, we have a monthly meeting. Uh, it's at the uh, Ramada Inn and Suites on 13th Avenue, and it's the fourth Monday of every month at 7 p.m., and we're in a conference room there, uh, very similar to the Walleye's uh, Unlimited meeting. Uh, so we have a monthly meeting. We go over kind of our a typical agenda. And then in the summer, what's neat is we have a round table where we, we talk about what, uh, you know, what, where, where the muskies are biting, what they're biting on. So it's a, it's a great way for somebody that's new to the sport to uh, accelerate their learning curve and really learn a lot about, uh, about muskies. I would encourage anybody who's interested in muskie fishing to check out that group. They're a great group of individuals and a lot of knowledge there. Brett Waldera, President of FM Muskies, Inc. Brett, thanks for spending a little time with us today. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Well, it is going to wrap things up for this weekend edition of Outdoors Live. Appreciate the podcast extra being made available by Scotty Brewer and Kyle Agri. Make sure you check out them Saturday mornings at 11 o'clock. And then also you can check out their podcast at kfgo.com. This has been the weekend edition of Outdoors Live on News Radio, the Mighty 790 KFGO and FM 104.7. Till next time, I'm Doug Lear reminding you, as always, keep your lines tight and your powder dry. Have a great one out there.